You are listening to Church Talk with Isaac. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of Church Talk with Isaac. Uh, If this is your first time listening in, I am your host, Isaac Watson, and uh, I just want to thank our followers, thank our listeners, our viewers, everyone who takes the time, no matter what platform, uh, whether it's on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, however you're listening in, uh, even from my website. Thank you for taking the time to listen uh, from all over the world. Uh, We have so many um, people who tune in. Um, to this particular podcast, this platform, to get the type of insight, information, revelation, perspectives um, that you're getting. So thank you so much. I want to open up this episode by reading one of our reviews from, uh, this one is from Don't Call Me Ash. And she says, uh, provides perspective. Grateful to have started listening to this podcast. Isaac provides his perspective and interpretation of the scripture, focusing solely on the standard God has set. That is without fleshly bias. His focus is that Christians should aim for the standard God set. No more, no less. I appreciate that he also makes the distinction between being in the body and how Christians are called to act and those outside of the body. In a day when the church looks more like the world in an attempt to be liked and accepted, it's good to know God's standard for his people is still being preached. Thank you so much for that. Don't call me Ash. Um, uh, I really appreciate your feedback. Thank you for taking uh, thank you for taking the time uh, to write a review. Uh, it, it means a lot to me that um, that you've been receiving from this platform. So thank you. Um, I want to encourage you all if you're listening, if you've listened to at least one or two episodes, and if you have not yet, especially on Apple, if you have not yet rated Church Talk with Isaac, take a moment right now and uh, give us a rating. Your rating helps this platform become more visible when people are looking for Christian. Um, a, a podcast, Christian episodes um, to listen to. Uh, when you rate it, you make this more visible. So go ahead and take a moment and rate it. And also, if you could, even if you have to pause uh, this podcast episode in this moment, do that. And I'd like you to write a review. Uh, I want to be able to read your reviews. I want to be able to give you um, a, a, a feedback and I want to be able to hear your feedback. Um, based upon uh, what you say. So go ahead and write a review. And again, that also helps to make this platform more visible for people that are looking forward, especially if you believe in the content, if you believe in, in what we're doing, if you believe in what we're releasing, go ahead and take a moment to do that. And uh, we're going to move right along. I also want to encourage you um, to share uh, if you have heard an episode and I be- I don't know which episode we're on now. This is the let me see as far as our episodes, what we have released. This is the 45th episode. Uh, the 45th episode of Church Talk with Isaac. So you can go back and listen to the other 44, any of them, or if any of them has helped you, have impacted you, I want you to share it. Share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram, share it on Twitter, and tag me in it if you can. And as I see it, if I see it, I will reshare it as well, just as a sign of my thanks uh, and appreciation to you. Um, Let's go ahead and jump into this topic. I'm excited about this topic. 
Um, we, uh, uh, if, if you listen, if you listened in last week, you know that we delve into a topic concerning homosexuality in the church. And we got a lot of good feedback, um, regarding this topic. A lot of people said that it really helped them. It blessed them. It was very insightful. They were looking for more from it. So what we're going to do today is give you just that. I want to be able to give you more, uh, from this topic and just share a little bit more, um, based upon some dialogue that me and Joshua had, as well as um, some things, some feedback that we've gotten from some of our listeners. So um, today I'm going to get help again. I, I, I have Joshua Fluellen back on with me and uh, he's going to help throughout this conversation. We're going to pick each other's brain. I'm going to I'm going to ask him uh, various questions and we're going to di- dialogue in it. How are you feeling today, Josh? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> Good. He's a he's a man of many words. Uh <laughs> He really is. He, I don't know why he act like he don't want, he don't, he don't want to talk, uh, uh, you know, when we're doing this podcast. He does he, he does something on Facebook called the Night Hour Broad, the Night Owl broadcast where he gets on between like nine and anywhere between nine and two o'clock in the morning. He's on and, and, and he's sharing the gospel. He's on ministering to people prophetically. And uh, so if you're on Facebook, type in the Night Owl broadcast and uh, you'll probably uh, you'll see him come up and I encourage you to follow it because because a lot of people are getting breakthrough um, through it. So he's not a man, a few words. So I don't know why he acting funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But we're going to go ahead and just kind of jump right into this again. We're going to deal with homosexuality in the church again. And um, you know what? Let's just go ahead and just start this off with this. One of our listeners asked a, uh, a question now, I know we dealt with last episode, we dealt with um, some of the reasons why um, homosexuals may, uh, may be drawn to certain churches. We talked about whether it's the leadership or whether they feel a sense of community. Um, Josh shared a bit of his story um, as someone who kind of came out of that lifestyle as a bisexual man and how God delivered him from that lifestyle and uh, and healed him through that. And now he's creating a way for other people to be healed. You know, he's married. He has a, a, a wife. He has a he has a daughter now. And um, so we dealt a lot with that. But someone brought an interesting question to me about affirming churches, affirming churches, uh, affirming churches. For those of you who have never heard of affirming churches, affirming churches are churches who um, although, the, you know, they 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 emphasize on other things. So it's not something that is predominantly we're going to talk about the LGBT community all day long. But the affirming church as a part of their doctrine, they believe that um, homosexuality is not a sin. They believe that um, they believe that the um, the LGBT uh, Q uh, AI plus, you know, uh, community. Um, they believe that that community should be embraced by the church, that same sex marriages should be um, accepted uh, and affirmed by the church. And they affirm people um, who have accepted their sexual orientation, accepted their um, um, their sexual preference, regardless of what it is. Not only do they accept it or accept people in, but they affirm it. Um, and again, I don't want to I don't want to slight that community because I know that that community focuses on other things. Many of them preach um, much of what we hear in many of our churches today. Um, But a part of their doctrine, which is different than other churches, is that they affirm 
um, individuals who who have embraced or set or, or or who have accepted their sexual orientation, regardless of what it is, or their sexual preference, regardless of what it is. So a question was brought to me, um, and it was asked my thoughts on affirming churches. Uh, I'm gonna get Josh involved in this conversation too, um, because the thing with 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 affirming churches uh, and those who are part of affirming churches is that because they believe that um, there's nothing wrong with their sexual orientation, regardless of what it is, um, they still live a life where they um, believe that, you know, where they are still uh, walking in love. They believe that they are still uh, preaching the gospel, um, the unadulterated word of God. They are practicing a life of holiness um, that they believe is pleasing to God. So uh, much of what, again, many of our churches today emphasize and focus on. So um, what are my thoughts? Before I share my thoughts, <laughs> let's let's listen. To, I want to hear Josh's thoughts on that. Josh, what are your thoughts concerning affirming churches? All right. So um, when it comes to affirming churches, um, it's my mindset is this. Granted, I understand that, again, everyone wants to be accepted. Everyone wants to everyone wants to have a place where they can feel accepted. And so in that I'm all for it. Right. But the part that is hard for me um, is this is that technically what we do is say, well, come here, come as you are, but stay the way you are. And so I believe that robs the power of the cross, that robs the power of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, because he did not die for us to, to remain in a place of what is sin um, and I just stay there. So the whole thing is for me, when it comes to the affirming community, I just really think that it's it's <laughs> it's almost a catch-22 uh, because it's one of those things where, again, we want to have them come. We want everyone to be able to be comfortable enough to come into the house of God. Um, but the, the, the hard part there is for me, again, is remaining the same. And I know for me, Coming out of that lifestyle, living that lifestyle, you know, having um, attractions to men, laying with me and all these different things. Um, and then seeing God uh, bring me out of that, it gives me an entirely different view. And so for a lot of people, I know that sometimes we feel like this is just the way it is. This is the way it's going to be. Um, there is no changing it. And so I'm just going to remain this way. And so I do believe, and I'm grateful for God to present opportunities like this one, uh, to be able to say, no, look, listen, I understand what you're feeling. I understand what you're going through. And I even understand the point that you feel like, uh, there's nothing wrong, but in, in the sense of this is that you have to understand that Christ um, and God created us a certain way. And I'm going to even go as far as to say this. Um, if it was to this point where we could be man, <clears throat> excuse me, man with man and woman with woman, why not just create an earth full of men? Why not just create an earth full of women? Now, this is no shade or, or plot to anybody, but I'm just, I just want to create the, the thought process here because if, if it was purely okay and we were created to be with another man as a man or a woman was created to be with another woman, there would be no uh, need for the opposite sex, in, in my opinion. And so I think this is where the part where it kind of gets difficult, it kind of gets choppy um, because, again, I, I really do believe that Again, I'm for, I believe in letting them come, 
as they are, but also I believe in the power of, of, of the cross. I believe in the power of the blood and all, and it's almost to the sense of kind of creating a bloodless gospel because you're, you're, you're going to come here and remain bound when Christ died for you to be free. Wow. So I, yeah, I want to add to that. Um, and I want to say too, that I, my, my personal opinion, and I agree with Josh, a gospel that, that does not, um, provoke or invoke change is a partial gospel. Um, I think one of the, the, uh, now particularly when we're dealing with the, um, when we're dealing with the affirming church, I think that most affirming churches, to be quite honest, people that are attracted to those types of churches are people that have made a decision that uh, uh, maybe they've tried to overcome at one point in their life. They've tried to, you know, get deliverance from or they've tried to, you know, pray the gay away or whatever the case may be. And they found that nothing was working. So oftentimes, this is my personal opinion, I think what people do is they begin to build doctrines and theologies because they are not finding levels of what they would consider success in their process. So now doctrines and theologies are being developed around whatever their experiences are in order to justify their experience. That's my personal take on it. Now, my thing is this. Can you does everyone who's in an affirming church, can we say they going to hell or any or everyone who's in an affirming church? Can we say they don't really love God or whatever? They haven't really been saved. No, I cannot say that because I'm not God. Um, I'm not the judge. Uh, I cannot put anyone in a heaven. I cannot put anyone in a hell. Um, ultimately, every man is appointed for man once to die and then comes judgment. It's up to God when each one of us have to stand before him. It's up to God to determine, uh, you know, how he saw us uh, and our lifestyle, our choices, our doctrines um, 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 in the earth. Ultimately, we all got to come under that same uh, microscope. So um, I believe that uh, is not our place to to do that, put anyone in a heaven or in a hell. Um, however, one thing I can say is that I believe that your doctrine would determine how you live. Your doctrine would determine your freedom. Your doctrine would determine your worldview. Your doctrine would determine, you know, how we how we interact and live in this life, in this earth. So doctrine is important, whether it's an affirming doctrine or whether it is any other type of doctrine from from mainstream denominations. Whatever we are taught, whatever we are indoctrinated to believe, our doctrine will, e will either liberate us or there are certain aspects of our doctrine that will keep us and leave us in bondage. So um, I think that this topic alone is one that can be explored over a series of of episodes. And one of the things that um, the uh, the gentleman who who mentioned this topic, he asked, would I be willing to bring someone on or maybe people on who are actually from this background? And I have absolutely no problem with that at all because I'm not from that background. I can't say that I fully understand it. So I would I would love to hear uh, someone's perspective, um, uh, especially if they feel like maybe I'm misrepresenting or whatever the case may be. Reach out to me and, um, you know, share your side and, and maybe we can dialogue about it a little further. So uh, I think something else that we want to cover aside from this is 
uh, aside from the affirming church situation, let's talk about churches that may not be affirming. All right. So they don't believe homosexuality or um, the LGBT lifestyle um, is a lifestyle that Christians should believe in or, or that Christians should believe in or Christians should live according to. Um, however, the fact of the matter is that there are many LGBT people who really want Jesus. There are many LGBT people um, who really want salvation, who really want to um, to be accepted by a community. And we talked about that the last episode, that sometimes um, these uh, many of people from this community, they are attracted to certain churches because they want that level of of community and acceptance. So how about if you if you do not believe in that particular type of lifestyle? And this is a question, Josh. If you don't believe in that particular type of lifestyle as a church, but you have people from that community that are coming to the church and they're not necessarily initially coming to get deliverance or coming because they feel like their lifestyle is bad. They're coming because they enjoy the worship. They're coming because they enjoy the preached word. Um, or even they're coming and they're married to the same sex. They're, you know, it's a woman who's married to another woman or a man married to another man. And they're coming to the church. My question to you is how do you, <laughs> uh, how do you, uh, engage or, 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 or how do these people, how does it look for them to become a part of the community of the local church? What kinds of things would you say needs to, are problems versus things that are not problems, if I could say it like that? So in this aspect in regard, um, one thing I'm going to say is when they come, a lot of times, especially in churches who necessarily um, feel like we don't believe in this. This is not what we do. Um, a lot of times we don't treat them like people. And so when we don't treat them like people, we already are negating the second greatest commandment that Jesus gave us, which was love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so my thing would be to, is to, first of all, allow them to come. That's number one. Let's just start at the base. Allow them to come. Allow them to get in the worship. Allow them to get under the preach word. Allow them uh, to 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 be able to see, you know, and, and really hear the gospel. And so from that point, once they say, well, I want to join and I want to get involved. Okay, once you join, we're going to take you through. Um, it, hopefully your church got it set up where you have some type of systems of new membership, you know, classes and things like that. Uh, really allow, I think the biggest thing is, allowing truth to be represented and let, and letting truth be represented correctly. Um, and so from that place, it's not your job to say, oh, well, now you got to get divorced. Now you got to do this and you got to do that. Even though you may not believe in it, my, my thought process is always this. You let the power of God deal with men's heart. It's not your job to try to make people become what you want them to become, but you got to allow God's power, God's spirit, God's truth to be revealed to them and let them start making those changes on their own. And I'll give you an example really quickly. Um, I was at a meeting in Alabama and the Lord told me to make to do an altar call for those in homosexuality and wanted to come out. There was literally a couple that came to the altar. And when they came to the altar, I didn't have to uh, say, now you got to get divorced. I didn't have to say anything 
anything like that. They came, first of all, they came on their own. They came on their own accord, on their own free will. And from that place, the Lord began to minister to them. Watch this, not in hate or not in control, but God began to minister to them through love. And when when the word of the Lord began to go forth to them, God began to break layers and God began to break certain things and open certain things, I believe, to them. And by the end of that meeting, they both began to profess salvation. And so from that point, now it's on their responsibility on their end uh, to allow God's word and God's truth to infiltrate their heart and let them process through that point. And so I think um, that's, that's the proper way to go about it. In my opinion, because you can't, again, you can't force anybody to change. Um, change isn't something you force change is something that you push yourself into change is something you push for on your own accord. And so, you know, I think let them come, um, let them, you know, come, let them join, let them get involved, let the worship hit them, let the word hit them. Um, let, let those things kind of just infiltrate their lives. And then even, to the point where even if they decide not to change um, or not to leave, you know, if they're married, not to divorce or whatever the case may be, it is not your job to judge them. Your job still is simply to the fact of this point, which is to love them. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of man. And this is honestly one of those types of conversations that a lot of pastors dread uh, having because there's so many different components that plays into this. There are things, you know, when you have um, homosexual uh, people come and join your ministry, especially, you know, it's really tough uh, or uh, it's a difficult situation when they may be married and they're coming to join your ministry because now it's like, okay, they may not, uh, you know, they're here, you know, because they're married, do they interact with certain like marriage uh, initiatives within the ministry or uh, to what degree do you allow them to serve within the church? Um, because quite honest, we treat <laughs> we treat gay people like, you know, like they got leprosy in a sense. And we give more benefits to people who may be in sin in other areas or bound in other areas in their life or other lifestyles that we may not agree with. And we allow certain people to do things that we would probably never allow uh, homosexuals to do in some cultures in other cultures. They doing everything. So it just really depends on the church culture. But, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, OK, what are the limits? And I personally believe I agree 100 percent with Josh. Your primary obligation is to love. Um, not only did Jesus say uh, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus also told his disciples in, in John, he said this new command that I give you. He said, love one another as I have loved you. So in other words, we should be the Jesus in the midst of our, of you know, of the people that we interact with every day. And that should not be any different within our church cultures as well. So we demonstrate the love of God. Now, this is the thing. Loving people um, does not mean that you have to change your standards. Loving people does not mean that you have to dilute your morals. Loving people is simply loving people. It's simply revealing Christ because you're living as a, a son or a daughter of God in the earth and your job is to reflect his righteousness in the earth um, 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 among the people that you live with and walk with every day and uh, you become that salt and light. You become that that physician, as Jesus said, uh, in the midst of people that need a physician. So it doesn't mean that you have to 
lower your standards. And the fact of the matter is that when people join a ministry, they should know. I mean, I believe there should be some type of systems that they go through so they so that they understand the culture uh, of the ministry. They understand what to expect from the ministry. And if they're looking for something that's going to accept not only their lifestyle, but um, accept their, uh, uh, you know, them being married, accept their spouse and allow them to interact and engage in certain things, then uh, I personally believe that they have to be aware of the type of ministry that they're joining. And it will be up to them as to whether or not they um, they love the ministry enough, they love the people enough um, that 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 they will commit to that ministry. And ultimately, hopefully throughout their experience there, God begins to bring transformation, healing, uh, hope uh, and all those things in and through their experience. Um, another thing that I want to say is that when someone comes and they join the ministry, it's a whole nother thing. When we talk about let them come and accept them, I think it's a whole nother ball game because you have people that also may come. And just like with anything else, it's just not homosexual communities. Um, but there are people who come with the victimizing uh, agenda um, where they may be coming to look to turn out certain members or they may be looking to prowl. Uh, uh, you know, you know, to be on the prowl for uh, the next victim. And again, that's just that's not a homosexual thing. That's a that's a twisted person thing. That's that that's a thing for people who uh, who just have wicked intentions. So it can be men that's coming in churches that are looking for women, too. All right. Um, I say that if if people, whatever their uh, orientation is if they're coming to the ministry and they're looking to victimize or their toxicity is spreading through the church, um, then then that's something that has to be addressed. But just because they may come with a set of beliefs or particular lifestyle, we have no right to judge them. Our job is to simply love them. So I just wanted to kind of make that clear. Um, I also think that it's important that we cover um, the fact that to be quite honest, there are a lot of people who come to churches, particularly men, who may deal with, with homosexuality. That may be a part of their, their lifestyle. That may be a part of their background. Um, and they're completely turned off from the church. And uh, reason being is because there are so many men who do not want to deal with men who 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 uh, who are who may be homosexual, whether they want out of the lifestyle or not. So so you have these homosexual men, as an example, who come to a ministry and they want to experience Jesus. They want to experience the presence of God, the love of God. They want to experience community. But people are treating them like they're the scum of the earth. People are treating them like they're a plague. Uh, uh, and it scares them or pushes them away from the church. Josh, how big do you think homophobia is in the church when you're dealing with particularly men um, who may be looking for something, even if they don't know what it is? I think it's personally probably one of the biggest issues that we um, are facing, actually, because there are a lot of churches that are full of homosexual men um, and no one will disciple them. No one will uh, become accountability to them. Um, and I don't know why, but we act like homosexuality is a disease you can catch. Um, and so understanding that if you are a man and you're secure in your sexuality, there is nothing wrong with helping the next generation, helping these, these 
these these men who are trying to get free, trying to walk out of this lifestyle. Because a lot of times they'll they'll go to uh, straight men because they're trying to get help. And in, in especially the more feminine guys that I've seen, and I I have friends who've even dealt with um, homosexuality. And so seeing that their process is tr they're trying to come out of the femininity of it, they want to surround themselves with strong men because they want to kind of uh, understand what it really looks like to be a man and not a man in a toxic masculine way um but a man in the sense of that you you know you take care of your responsibilities uh you take care of your family you do you know all these other components uh to manhood and so i think it's important that we be open enough uh to allow you know those who are dealing with homosexuality to come to come under us and help them grow, help them learn, help them develop. But also to this sense, I think another issue, which why not a lot of men don't want to do it. Um, you have a lot of men who are on the down low and they don't want to get caught up in that, in that world. They don't want to get caught up or even to the point of, um, getting exposed. I'll say it that way, getting exposed, um, because of hitting agendas when trying to disciple someone. So I think it could go either way. Yeah. And I and I you know what? I, this this is really big, uh, Josh, because I think not only do you deal, you know, do you have the down low men, but you also have men that have been uh, raised to believe that truly being masculine means that you got to you got to kind of bully um, or you have to deal with in a harsh manner people who may not be as masculine or people who may deal with homosexuality. So you got, you know, that that homophobic thing in the church. I've seen it in the church behind the pulpit with preachers. They automatically they start they start preaching at, um, you know, the homosexuals and the lesbians. And then, you know, when uh, the men, you know, when when the individual who may deal or struggle with that or who may live in that lifestyle, they come your way. The men, they go the other way. They don't want to they can't even hold long conversations with them. And I want to say, honestly, it really takes us to to be quite honest, it's really going to have to take us to reindoctrinate um, our churches and even men in understanding what it really means to be secure in your identity, what it what it means to really be um, what it means to really walk in love and manifest the love of God, because I think that when people attack homosexuals and sometimes they they don't even know why they just want to punch them in the face. Or they want to whatever, cuss them out. You know, honestly, they might need some deliverance, to be quite honest. They may need to go through some therapy. They may need to, you know, you know, they may need to, you know, go through some type of deliverance. They need some hands laid on them, some of them, because there's no way that we say that we're strong men, we're confident men. Uh, you know, we are, you know, we're men of God and we're afraid of men because they're not like you or because they may have a different type of struggle or or a different type of lifestyle that they come out of than you. We have to begin to raise up strong men. I think that and, and Josh kind of covered that in the last episode is that, you know, me and his relationship, we didn't really have that type of issue because I was always a man that was secure in my identity. I didn't grow up in a broken home. I grew up with a father in my home. You know, the church that I grew up in, I, I was I was brought up under a strong uh, family 
man pastor you know so uh i i i never really had those types of 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 struggles um and i never was afraid to um to engage with people who may uh, have those types of backgrounds so josh like he said last time he never had to really wonder whether or not i was going to try something with him or i never thought about whether or not you know uh him or anyone else whether or not the gay was going to jump out on me or anything like that it don't work like that it don't work like that so i believe that one of the things that we have to do um and by me not pushing him off by me being able to handle um his story um, it helped him to evolve and to become who he is today. So um, we j- we need more men who will not be afraid and more men who will be who will be willing to break the stereotype of what masculinity looks like and break that toxic masculinity and begin to really embrace what it, what uh, um, manhood from a kingdom perspective, from a new covenant, from a Jesus perspective. Um, we need to embrace manhood that way. I'm sure Jesus had homosexuals around him. I'm sure he did. I'm sure when they talk about he sat at tables with with tax collectors and with sinners, I'm sure homosexuals were there too. And I'm sure he didn't treat them like they were an outcast. He became what they needed in that time as well. So um, we went over time again. But I mean, these conversations are so interesting because the church has to talk about them, to be quite honest. Uh, And I wish we had a little bit more time because this could really we got some other things that we can talk about. But for now, this is what we're going to give y'all. So listen, thank you again, Josh, for joining me uh, on Church Talk with Isaac. Man, I love you. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate um, what God is doing in you, what God is doing through you, who you are Um, at, at this point. You are adding much value um, to me in my life, being able to see you um, become the man that you are today. Um, So thank you for joining and adding your insight into this conversation as well. And uh, listen, uh, thank you all for tuning in. Share this with somebody. Let someone hear it and hopefully it blesses them. So listen, I love y'all. Thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Church Talk with Isaac. If you enjoy our content and benefit from this podcast, do me a favor and subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends, family, and colleagues. I'm also on all social media platforms and would love to connect with you. You can also partner with us by visiting IsaacWatsonMinistries.com and clicking Donate. Your partnership helps us to get the message of Jesus through Isaac Watson Ministries to the world. Talk to you soon.